0: this is the horse radio network
1: what a beautiful day for horses in the morning
0: well this is Glenda geek I am back from Denver in a chilly Ocala, Florida.
2: Oh, you poor thing. I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 16th, episode 2098, brought to you by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World.
0: Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day.
2: It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here
3: we go again.
0: And away we go. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, you know, I thought I was coming back to a little bit warmer weather in Florida, but like, apparently that's not the case.
2: But, Listen here. Let me tell you a little story. Yeah. 60 is the high here on Friday. 60. Well, that's great. And guess what the <laughs> low is on Saturday? Eight. That's not a temperature. That's a just a small number. That doesn't make any sense. Where I, did I move? Why?
0: You know the Muck Boot Company. We've all had muck boots, right? At one point of our lives, they've been around forever. Well, there's a new. I live
2: in muck boots
0: <laughs> Well, there's a new company come out that has like taken muck boots to a whole new level, and uh, they said, "Well, you know, we could send a pair out for somebody to try." And I said, "I got just the person to test out your new boots." <laughs>
2: God, I, my like calves hurt because when you ha- I have so much mud and muck boots, you just shuffle. All you do is shuffle just to try not to slip and fall face first into mud. And we're talking there's a po- a point uh, where the mud is actually mid calf. And do you know how hard it is to walk in mid calf sucking mud? <laughs> That's the kind that
0: takes your shoes right off your horses. Just
2: oh, I fell the other day, but thank God Chili was standing there because I fell and I grabbed onto his scruffy mane and pulled myself. By. I was like, "Thanks, buddy." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, these new boots have a lot. Uh, their soles have a lot more mud traction. They're a lot more traction built into them. So uh, you'll be getting a new pair of those to test out here shortly. You can let us know how they oh, work. Oh God. <laughs> So I was thinking about you. As
2: soon as he said that, I said, oh,
0: I know just the person.
2: (laughs) When you think of muck, think of me.
0: (laughs) And I said, this is going to be really good, too, because she came from no mud to solid mud. So this will be a good review.
2: I got mud in Arizona. It rained twice a year, Glenn. Yeah, but you had sand.
0: It wasn't really mud, was it? (laughs) No! (laughs) No! It
2: was like not, here,
0: we don't get mud. We get sand. The sand gets wet and then it dries off in 10 minutes.
2: There's so. a couple things that I am really irritated that people did not tell me about moving to a place like this. Number one, I, you know, I think y'all warned me about the bugs, like ticks and stuff. Like I, but I forgot what well, fleas and ticks are. Cause they're not in Arizona. Uh, number two, the mud. I did not know that this was a thing like I mean, it's just mud. And and you're like, please freeze tonight so I can walk out to the barn in my shoes Because it's like you're begging for Ice a freeze. Out of than mud. Yes. <laughs> nobody told me about that. And then the third thing is nobody told me that there'd be jackasses surrounding my beautiful 18 acres murdering my deer. Okay? Stop. <laughs>
0: Welcome I'm to honey country.
2: We'll, t- we'll talk to them. Nobody told me what that was going to be like. But last night, Chad had to get on our little four wheeler and drive out to the back of the property because some jackass was in my this is getting out of control, y'all. Somebody was in my yard with a spotlight looking for their kill. Uh, uh is uh, illegal first of uh, all. Let's start there. That's is not, it really? Because no, that's, okay, not, cause, that's cause illegal, the, yeah. The vet was there. I, we'll get to that later. And she was like, do you want to go ahead and call the police now? Yeah, that's
0: illegal. So, yeah, you, you definitely you can call the police on that one. But I, let me real quick before we go to Jimmy, I'll tell you how, Jennifer, we had 100 acres and there were hunt, there was a hunting camp next door. The yeah, next there's property a blind was a
2: thing. I didn't know what a blind was, but yep. there's a blind.
0: Yep. So Jennifer solved that problem. She used to ride out. On, if, if people were encroaching onto our property, we actually owned a milita- an M1, a military rifle. So she used to ride out on a horse in her, her brother's fatigues, uh, and holding the military rifle and ask him to leave the property. And she never got an argument. So there's your solution. You just have to He's buy gonna go down a military rifle, even... some fatigues, and a horse that looks scary.
2: I'm gonna get some like, I have an idea face. for a new
4: show, Glenn. Yes, stories of how Jen is a badass.
2: <laughs> and a the
0: lot one of day she, the, she, she thought she was gonna have to use that gun, the one day they were arguing with her, and she was not happy. So <laughs> That solves a lot of problems. And the gun looked nasty. I mean, it was a it was a military rifle. So,
2: so did they have a? Did she peel off the orange tip off the end of it to make it look like yes. a real gun? Because yes. that's what I need.
0: That's funny, Jimmy, What's coming up with today's show? I'm going oh to tractor
4: supply today, y'all. Well, Watch out. <laughs> On today's show, in our horse health report, Dr. Madison Siemens comes on to give us a colic 101 discussion. Guest Liv with Pro Equine Grooms introduces us to their new monthly Horses in the Morning episode. Jamie brings us the trainer tip of the week by answering questions from our auditors. And Glenn is bringing us his latest for Crappy List Wednesday. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is Prohibition Remembrance Day. So tip (laughs) one back and make it the most ironic holiday ever.
0: (laughs) Prohibition Remembrance Day.
4: That's a
2: thing. (laughs) Visit
4: your local speakeasy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I managed to forget the other 364 days a year. (laughs) (laughs)
2: All right, my Daily Winnie goes to the team of veterinarians that communicated with me last night, including but not limited to <laughs> Dr. Siemens, who we're gonna talk to in a little bit. He was uh on the horn with Isn't
0: me. Isn't he like sick of you yet?
2: Uh he he can't he's coming on the show today. He might just to quit, you know, but <laughs> we don't know. Uh, Dr. York, one of our very sweet auditors who messaged me and talked to me about chili because I posted in the auditor room that chili bless his little heart was sick last night. Um, and I don't think he's out of the woods yet, but Dr. White also came over last night in the pitch ass dark black with spotlights in my backyard, people out there hunting or something. I don't know. She came out in the mud and in the, the dark and worked on chili. And um, like I said, I'm not sure. We're not totally sure he's out of the woods yet, but he seemed a lot better this morning. So that's definitely something I can I can hang my hat on. So anyway, I appreciate all the veterinarians who were Helping me. How many times I by the way, I did not text Dr. Hendricks in Phoenix. So That's y'all good, she's not talking to you. I she pulled did her fire name, you. I pulled her name up and I was like, Oh my God, she hasn't responded to like the last four texts I've sent. I think she's I think she's broken up yeah, with me. I think you're so, done.
0: I think the romance <laughs> is over. They were friendly.
2: I was like, Hey, where's my bill?" You know, like, kind of and She's not even writing back to send me bills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's so done with you.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was fun while it lasted. I <laughs> don't Hilly. There he there is.
0: is. Uh, well, and I have two daily winnies today. I'm only going to play it once, though. Uh, we, the birthday daily winnie goes out to auditors Alex Sherman. Happy birthday! And also our friend and famous dog trainer Chrissy Joy, whose dog you see on all the Chewy commercials. And then our sister-in-law Lynn. Uh, so happy birthday to all of them! Also, a daily winnie goes out to. Uh, last weekend they had the U.S. Equestrian Awards, the USEF Awards. And there were a lot of awards. So, but there's three I wanted to mention today. Uh, One of them, the person is going to be on our show on Monday and she's been on before Marsha, Marsha Hartford Sapp, whose name I can always mess up uh, is going to be here Monday because her horse was voted U S equestrian 2018 national horse of the year. Now you say, which warm blood was that? Because right. I mean, isn't that, I
2: mean, let's, let's, let's break this down. That's, In the entire country, this is the U.S. equestrian horse of the year.
0: That's all disciplines. Jumping, eventing, dressage, reining, all of them. All of them. All of them. And she won with her Mustang named Cobra.
2: Yay, Cobra! If you so, don't follow Cobra on Facebook, you should.
0: Yeah, Cobra's been around a little while. He was one of the founding horses, really, really got the uh, the Western Dressage competition started in this country. He was uh, 2015 Horse of the Year in Western Dressage. I had a long chat with Marsha when we were at WEG. She, she didn't live too far from there, actually. And, you know, Cobra is famous and infamous and has become very well known. And she's done so many good things with him. But this is a voting thing you get voted on to win this award and she got enough votes that a mustang won 2018 national horse of the year because they're the pretty impressive if you look at the list of horses that have won that over the years they're top jumpers and usually it's jumpers or eventers or dressage so i'm so excited and we're gonna have her on a monday and we can all gloat together Love it. Uh, also, the International Horse of the Year Award went to Verdotti's. Uh, Laura Graves' horse, who of course uh, has done so well in the dressage front. We saw uh, he was a uh, silver medalist, team medalist at the World Equestrian Games this last year, and has won pretty much everything. And is so won- does
2: that mean Cobra beat out Verdotti's Well, for Verdotti's got the
0: international because Cobra hasn't traveled internationally. So there's, there's oh, okay. the national and, horse and and international. So they give two awards. and. I, I'm glad they started doing that years ago, but anyway. So, congratulations to Laura Graves. She deserves that too. She's a super nice lady, and obviously pretty good at dressage, and one of the best in the world now with her horse. And then a very special award to us here at uh, Horse Radio Network, and to a lot of people out there, and that's the humanitarian award to Stuart Pittman. Now, if you don't know that name, you haven't been listening to your shows for very long. Stuart came on with us, what, maybe six years ago? And said, Stewart I got Stuart used to idea. come on and
2: do like training tips.
0: I know. It was a long time ago. That. And he. He came on, he was an inventor and he worked in the racing industry. He's been around thoroughbreds forever. He did
2: breeding yeah. and everything.
0: Yeah, you know, and he has a big farm down there in where Maryland, I think he lives. And uh-huh. he came on the show one day and said, I got this idea. I want to do this like they do Mustang makeovers. I want to do this thoroughbred makeover. Remember? It was even before he'd started. Yep. And we said, Oh, that's a great idea, you should go do it. And well he did. <laughs> and yeah. he's done very well with it. And of course the We should
2: replay that someday. We
0: should actually we should Uh, why don't we we should replay that at the end of one of your new shows
2: oh yeah because he started
0: the retired racehorse project of course and the the thoroughbred makeover which jamie's competing in this year and right he's still competing in it
2: lord willing in the creek don't (laughs) rise
0: so we should uh we should definitely play it there now he's like a councilman or some political office he won uh but he won the humanitarian award for everything he's done for thoroughbreds so and i think it was stewart that really revived thoroughbreds and eventing in this country too and, and you see a, a real resurgence of a thoroughbred eventers
2: he made him cool so which was his cool. goal
0: yep and he yeah. did a good job so congratulations to him i can't think of anybody who deserves it more than him uh, we're very excited about that and let's give a plug to your new show
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to so be doing the Retired Racehorse Radio baby. Uh Joy and I are co-co-hosts uh, of the Retired Racehorse Radio and I'm really 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 excited. I'm really excited. I can't wait to start. We're going to have a little bit of kind of kind of telling you how your racehorse came came about. You know, we're going to start with how do they pick what stallion gets bred to what mare and we're going to go all the way from like folding and training to day in the life of the track. And it's going to be from the first episode, building that all the way through to the end, which is going to culminate at the retired racehorse project. We're going to have people doing training tips like Alisa Wallace is going to come on and hopefully come on really ask her yet. Um, Hopefully, come on, we're going to talk about, you know, yeah, she has to talk about how you pick your makeover horse. How does she pick her makeover horse? She's very picky and and, and obviously she won last year, so she knows what she's doing. Get some people doing training tips and we're going to get to meet some of the competitors. It's going to be really, really fun. And we're just going to basically learn about racehorses. How does a racehorse come about and what is its life like before you get it?
0: And then what do, and do it'll yeah. what do you do with it after? And they'll help explain it. What do
2: you do with it after, by God? So we're going to cover the whole thing.
0: But I, I love that concept because it really, but you need to know what they've been through. You need to know where they're coming to you from and what place they're coming to you from.
2: And I told Joy that, yes, I, I galloped racehorses and I, I know what their life is like on the track, but not everybody gets that opportunity to do that and to see that, even just see or what their life is like on the and, backside. You know, all yeah, that
0: stuff. Um, So we're very excited about that. We're also with Retired Racehorse Radio. We're working with the Retired Racehorse Project. They are a media partner of ours and The Makeover. So they're going to be providing guests and be actively involved in promoting it. And we're very excited, too, that New Vocations is going to be involved. And we're going to do an adoptable racehorse at the end of every episode. So uh, they're going to be twice a month, starting in February. We're going to get them rolling. And we're very excited to be adding that to the Horse Radio You're
2: not allowed to have that horse located within Drive distance of alcohol. right
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think you're probably safe <laughs> we'll make sure has to be east coast <laughs> Yeah. all right let's talk to dr siemens
2: all right well it's my dear friend and and the person i call when i'm in a panic it's dr siemens good morning
1: good morning guys how are you doing well, he,
2: Glenn, to answer your question, he must not be too mad because he came on the show today. Dr. Siemens,
0: I do give you permission that if she gets to be a total pain in the ass, you can bill her or fire her,
1: one or the other. <laughs> Uh, i might do that to you glenn but i wouldn't do that to her Ah, uh, Ah.
2: now just for a reminder what we're talking about on christmas day i had baby zara got really really sick and i couldn't figure out what to do or who to call because i don't really have an established veterinarian here in oklahoma because why do i live here and um Dr. Siemens was kind enough to, I, I like, I sent him a Facebook message and he called me. He just called on Christmas Day. So you're the best and I love you so much. Mm-hmm. And you talked to me again last night about chili when I gave you some of the kind of his temperature is this, his heart rate is this. And what does Dr. Siemens do in perfect Facebook doctor fashion? Call your vets. <laughs> That's what he said good for you. I'm try- I'm trying. I'm try- I'm trying. I've, I nobody I've called 4. <laughs> so, anyway, we did get somebody out and um yeah, I gave him some banamine and his heart rate came down and his temperature came down, but I don't I don't think he's personally out of the woods yet. So what I wanted to talk to you about, even before this happened was colic one Oh one, we get all sorts of stuff, you know, and you're on the horse vet corner, which is a Facebook page where only horses answer, you know, only vets answer medical questions, but that's not like that on every page. And we talked about, I saw one that was colic and people were telling him to put it in a trailer and drive it down a bumpy road and pour coconut oil down its ears and stick it. I, I all sorts of weird, weird stuff. So I wanted to do like a colic 101. What are the main types of colic and how do we fix them and which ones are super emergencies?
1: Well, you know, you pose some really good questions. The, uh, the challenge that we have here is is colic is not a specific disease. It's a symptom. And so it's a lot like saying the horse has an elevated temperature. That can be from any one of a number of things. So... Colic basically is what we call an acute abdominal crisis, and that's an $8 word for a belly ick, so that's the reason we call it those big words because we can charge a lot more for that. (laughs) But but, uh, it's – it's, it's typically, it's going to be a blockage of one type or another. It could be a blockage of just a, you know, bolus of undigested feed, or it could be a blockage that's actually started by an actual twist in the bowel that, that things are not passing. But the, the, the bad news is that, that it's the number one killer of horses. But the good news is that 95% of our patients are going to live. So that, that takes some of the fear out of it, uh, the question, one of the questions I get asked typically is what would happen if we didn't treat this colicky horse? And the question is always, I don't know, because I always treat them. I always consider that an emergency. And the, the number one symptom is going to be the horse is not eating with his normal interest and figure. So there's no, there's no magic to this. He doesn't have to stand there and paw out C-O-L-I-C in Morse code or look at his side or roll or not roll. It, you know, it's just, if he's not eating, 99% of the time, it's a bellyache. So let's just jump on this and treat them very quickly.
2: So we've got what, what was diagnosed for chili last night was potential gas colic. So the, the, the kind of what I know about colic is the most common ones. We've got, you know, like you said, the intestinal blockage and impaction. And then you've got a gas colic. Talk about that for a second.
1: Well, all, basically, with a couple of exceptions, and we'll talk about we'll touch about that in a minute. But basically, all colics are gas colics, and so the horse is plugged up. It's either because of a water of feed or it's because he's twisted. But one of the the byproducts of bacterial or microbial digestion inside the bowel is gas. And anybody that's been around a horse for very long at all understands exactly where that gas goes. Uh, horses don't birth very often, if you get my drift. <laughs> So what what we're talking about is that there is that there's gas building up behind the or in front of the blockage it's not passing. And so virtually all colics are going to be due to gas at a certain level. Now, after, after a few hours, when the, if the bowel is actually twisted on itself, uh, the blood flow gets shut off. And so the pain is coming from it's called ischemia, which is an $8 word that means the blood's not flowing to that area. So it's like when you sit on your leg funny and you get up and you've got pins and needles in it. You know, that's, that's not a nerve thing. That's a blood flow thing. So we can wind up with this ischemic bowel, and then that's just those things, those guys just circle the drain. I mean, there's we got a real problem there because when the blood flow dies, then the loops of bowel die, and and it just becomes a a, a very very bad set of of uh, untoward events after that point. So the reason one of the one of the things that we do to try to to try to relieve this gas is we use laxatives, we use pain relievers. Uh, back in the day, all we had was bute basically. So, you know, be, nowadays we've got banamine. We've got some smooth muscle relaxers. There's a drug called Buscapan that, uh, that we use with a, with a fair degree of success to kind of eliminate some of the cramping. But basically we're stuck with just treating the symptoms and, until, you know, we go to surgery, which is a, a whole nother set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. But your, your average run-of-the-mill colleague is going to respond to some laxatives, some anti-gas medication that we can deliver via stomach tube and then, and then pain meds.
2: Gotcha. Okay. So I, you know, that's interesting. So when we have a horse that is presenting with the colic, of course, symptoms always include not eating is the first one, but you know, uh, what I experienced last night was a very elevated temperature. And I don't remember Dr. Seams ever seeing a high temperature in and a colic like that. so can you can you help me out? we're gonna make this all about me. How does that work? What happened?
1: <laughs> well, that's a real good point. and and what what we see is okay, you can you can elevate a temperature in a number of ways, okay? so there's a there's a pathologic route, and then there's a physiologic route. And so, for example, you could take that same horse and uh, and and run it for fifteen or twenty minutes when it's warm, and take its temperature, and you'll have an elevated temperature. Or you can give him pneumonia or any one of a number of infectious diseases, and that would be a pathologic hyper hyper elevated temperature. Uh, but what we've got in the colicky horse. And 104 is a little high, but it's, it's common to see 102 and 103 because their gut is working overtime. Their skeletal muscle is working overtime trying to squeeze and press that whatever that's, that offending mass is out of their GI tract. And so they're actually exercising on the inside, and I, I believe that's where that elevated temp comes from. And I've seen that on, on a number of occasions.
2: Okay. See, I'd never seen a elevated temp, especially that high and kind of cold weather. It concerned me that potentially there's something else going on besides this and other things can go on that present with as abdominal pain. Um, and, and, and so some of those, are those concerns when you see, when you see a horse that's presenting with colic? Well, that's,
1: that's kind of the, the crux of why we do the diagnostics that we do. Uh, you've got to understand, again, this, we're talking about a, a set of symptoms, not a specific disease. So that pain can be coming from any one of a number of things. But diagnostics is also a numbers game. And so the old adage in veterinary college was if you hear hoofbeats, look for horses, not zebras. And so you've got a horse that's not eating 99% of the time, maybe even more, It's going to be an an acute abdominal crisis. There are other things that can cause a horse not to eat. Uh, You know, severe pneumonia, very, very severe uh, uh, respiratory infections and stuff like that that make the horse so sick he doesn't want to eat. But as a general rule, you got to remember that horses like to eat. That's what they do. I think that's how we caught the first one. Somebody had a bag of sweet feed, you know.
2: <laughs> that's that's a good point. Okay, so what are some uh, diagnostic things that you do for a horse that is colicking?
1: Well, I, 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 I have my little set of things, and it, it will vary from veterinary to veterinary. We all have our style and the things that we do, and based upon experience and preference. Uh, But I always, 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 I pass a stomach tube. And so we'll pass, it's called a nasogastric tube. And so we'll pass a a tube up their nostril, and this may look kind of weird to uninitiated, Uh, but it's a lot easier, believe it or not, to get a a tube into the stomach. And this is the same for people as well uh, via the nasal passage than it is uh, via the mouth. Plus, these tubes are really expensive. You don't want the horse chewing it up. So Mm -hmm. we'll pass the stomach tube first, and and then I will, uh, I'll put a a volume of warm water in there. And, uh, the reason I do this is twofold. I want to make darn sure that I'm in the stomach. All right. There's, when you pass that tube up in there, there's only two places it can go, and one of them is bad. So we do not want to pump, you know, laxative into the lung of this horse. So I make darn sure that we're in the stomach. So I use a little bolus of warm water in there. And if he doesn't start coughing like crazy, then I'm pretty sure that we're in his stomach. So the first thing I'm doing is I'm checking for to siphon more water out of his stomach, and that's called gastric reflux. So if we get more water out than we put in, then that tells us we've got a blockage in the very, very front part of his bowel in the small intestine. And and putting more fluid in there, like a gallon of mineral oil or a gallon of laxative and water, whatever, balanced salt solution, whatever it is, we don't want to put that into this horse's stomach because there's something that's plugging him up in the front part of the bowel. And any volume added to that stomach is just going to make him more painful. So most of the time we don't get because Most of the time it's just something fairly simple that's going to respond to these laxatives. Then I will follow that up with pain medication. I use a... I mean, there's any one of a number of different non-steroidal anti-inflammatories that we can use. And then I will always do a rectal exam. So I go in the other end. And so what I'm doing is, if this is not a treatment. This is a diagnostic effort. So the horse's bowel is 100 feet long. And so my little skinny arm can palpate about the back 10% of it. So what I'm doing when I'm in there is, a, is I'm trying to feel if there are some changes in the abdominal anatomy, that will suggest we have pathology someplace else. Mm-hmm. So the analogy would be like you're on the freeway. You tra- you're traveling the same freeway every day, forever, and you know that there's a bottleneck that occurs at a certain intersection. Well, the backup may start four or five miles before that bottleneck, but by experience, you know when you got when you got a battle- bottleneck at Maple Street, you know fully well that all the way back to you know Main Avenue, there's going to be a traffic jam. So I stick my hand in the, in the rear end of the horse, feeling for some changes back there that may indicate that we've got a problem further up the track.
2: Interesting. Okay. So when it's going to be 60 degrees here on Friday as a high, and the low on Saturday is 8. So I, 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 is, is it true that changing in temperature can affect a horse's colic and why?
1: Good question. Uh, I can, I can tell you that I will go a week and I won't see a colic and then I'll see three in a day. Or I'll go two weeks and not see a colic and then I'll saddle one of my horses and I will have a colic as soon as I step in the saddle. So the cause of colic is either Tuesday or Madison Seaman's riding a horse.
2: (laughs) Okay so it doesn't matter, but is is it higher temperature uh, or the bigger temperature changes? does that does that have more colics than than Tuesday, or you riding your horse? <laughs>
1: it's very interesting. there there are risk factors. Noah Cohen at Texas and m did a very interesting study uh, that he published in the in the journal. About 2,000, just Google Noah Cohen and colic risk, and you, you, you'll pull it up. And what he did was a fascinating study. Noah Cohen is a veterinarian, but he's also, believe it or not, this is actually a thing, he's also a statistician. And okay. uh, what he did was him and a couple other veterinarians formulated a a, a questionnaire. There were uh, about 400 veterinarians involved in this study. I think it was like 2,300 colic cases And so there were 20 factors that each veterinarian would check off. Uh, So did this case, did this horse, did he live in a stall or a paddock or a pasture? uh, Had he been wormed recently? Was there a sudden change in hay that appeared on the premises? In other words, it may come from the same place, but was that hay new to the premises within the recent 72 hours? And then with a fairly sophisticated set of statistical analyses, he determined what risk factors were and what protective factors were. And believe it or not, whether the change was not part of the mix. So the number three, the the top three risk factors for inciting a college case in a horse are number one, the presence of new hay on the premises. Regardless of its original, its its origination, same farm, same feed store, same everything. If it's new to this place in 72 hours, those horses were 310 times more likely, percentage more likely to have a colicky episode than the horses that did not receive new hay in 72 hours. The second one was dental problems. And so horses that had sharp enamel points were more likely to colic. And I think that was a risk of about two uh, third was parasite problems and the risk for that was like about 1.9 something like that under 90%. So those are our big risk factors and and so fortunately most modern horse people take care of that kind of stuff. So it's it's a little aggravating. I see on an average year I see about 150 colics. So you do the math for la- last 34 years. That's a fair number of them. And mm. again most of those most of those risk factors do not apply.
2: Well, now what? <laughs> 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 treat,
1: treat the symptoms, hope for the best. You know, oh, I mean, if there's, if, 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 there's something, if there's something just glaringly wrong, well, then I have to say, hey, have you thought about maybe getting this horse's teeth done? Or, you know, this horse looks pretty wormy. You know, I mean, just little things like that. But it's just, it's frustrating. I've got a textbook at home that was printed in 1897. And with the exception of a few terms, okay, a few words, it reads, like something that was written two years ago, you know, we, we're treating the symptoms here. And they, they used a, a little different set of laxatives. They didn't have quite the same kind of pain relievers that we have nowadays. The things, we understand some of the pathology involved. We understand some of the risk factors. But, you know, when you put it all together, it's an unbelievably complicated disease that we're just, just beginning to have some inkling about what to do about.
0: Well, Jamie, we're Mom. running out of time um, so Dr. Siemens, where can people find you
1: and your book well i've been I've been fighting with uh with the webmasters and the and the and some of the internet marketing deals uh, so it's for for the time being you can uh, just reach me at my email address. it's madisonsiemens at gmail dot com and uh, uh just send me a note saying you want to want a copy of the book. never trust a sneaky pony and other things they did not teach me in veterinary college, and uh, if you like kind of the kind of sixth sense of humor that I have added to this uh medical <laughs> field, then uh, you'll probably enjoy the book.
0: <laughs> and Dr. Stevens, always... I meant what I said. if she gets to be a problem, you just let me know, all right?
1: <laughs> you guys have a good day. I so appreciate talking to you. Call me again sometime. All right, we'll do. You Thanks,
0: Doctor.
2: I will trust me. Are you kidding? Be You're going to hear
0: from her. Yeah, in ten minutes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Siemens. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Well, I got to see the people who run HorseLovers.com at Wisa over the weekend, and it looks like we're going to be reinstating the auditor product review program. Yay! which was very popular and be playing a whole bunch more reviews. Now, because we changed the structure of Stable Scoop and it's now a storytelling show, we're going to be doing the reviews here on Horses in the Morning on Wednesdays. So we'll be letting you know more about that. If you've been putting off being coming an auditor, I would go check that out right now. Uh, But Horselovers.com right now is the last day of a program they have going on with free shipping on any U.S. order over $29.
2: That's crazy. I know. And I've got this gift card, and I want to spend it while I still get the free shipping. And then it's like free money. That's it's only like two it's hours free, left, Glenn. So
0: you have to shop right after the show because it's only two hours left. You have to hop on that. They also have up to 82% off at, on Ariat products right now. And l- let me tell you what I discovered over the weekend at WESA is there are a lot of cowboy hats and a lot of cowboy boots in this world. And there's a lot of people who <laughs> make them. But Ariat's one of the biggest makers of those particular products. And you can find them at right now at horselovers.com at up to 82% off. They have some of their Ooh. breeches on there. Uh, the area breaches, which everybody likes, down marked down to $46 from the 100 So, I mean, they have all the shoes and boots and kids stuff. Just check it all out. Horselovers.com. And then uh, if you're an auditor, keep your ears open. We're going to be... Give, I'm trying to find a clever new way to assign out the products uh, rather than the chaos that I've caused in the past. So we're going to work on that too.
2: Yeah. It, it, here's the thing. If you listen to this show a lot and you're, you're not an auditor, first of all, be an auditor because it, we're a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of uh, good times. Uh, like these training questions all came from the auditors on the Facebook page. I just go in there and, you know, I, some, ask for things and I get questions and st- all these segments come up from that page, but also you're about to get a bunch of free stuff. That's right. It's like a dollar a month.
0: Check it Join out. Join it. And you can become an auditor. Just check out the homepage of horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner and buy some cool stuff at horselovers.com. And com talk with to a other Z.
2: crazy people that listen to this weird show we do. Yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of this weird show we do, we're adding something to it. We got all kinds of new things going on for 2019 and the new year. And I am so excited that Leave Good is going to be joining us. We've had her on the show in the past. She is from pro And we're going to be doing a new monthly episode on Horses in the Morning all about that. Hi, Leif.
3: Hi, good morning. How are you two?
0: Good. Now, you're always traveling. Where the heck are you right now?
3: Believe it or not, I'm actually at home, which is delightful. (laughs) Although I landed at home and then like two days later, we had a big snowstorm and then I was really stuck at home because we were sort of iced in.
0: Where is home? What state?
3: I live on the East Coast. I'm in Virginia.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you guys did get a lot of snow, didn't you? So, Yeah, we did. And,
3: and you know, in the summer, I really, really beg for snow because it's so hot and humid here. And then when it arrives, I'm like, oh, no, I want summer back.
0: As humans, <laughs> we're just not happy is what it comes down <laughs> to. Right there. We're just never happy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> in a nutshell. Grass is always we greener. <laughs> well, what
0: is Pro Equine Grooms? For those that don't know, let's start there, and then we'll talk a little bit about the show that you're going to be doing and what's going to be on it.
3: All right. So many, many moons ago I used to be a professional groom for some Olympic athletes um in the dressage world. Um, but don't worry, I've gotten, you know, softer and, you know, more partyish over the years. I haven't always been so deep, you know, dressage queenish. Um, but I reached a point in my career where it was just really hard to work eighty hours a week and be married and have a horse of my own. And I broke my leg and So all sorts of signs were telling me I needed to kind of move on from grooming, but I really wanted to stay involved with it because I used my time as a professional groom to ask all the questions that I could to all the top vets, to all of the top farriers, the saddle fitters, the chiropractors, the nutritionists, and I had this huge bank of knowledge. And I originally thought that I wanted to create an online group that other professional grooms could be a part of and we could share, you know, information and experiences. But what I started to realize is there's a whole group of horse owners out there that don't have a professional groom. They're doing it themselves. And what could they learn from the grooms that are sending these horses to the Olympics? Um, so it became a way for me to transfer everything that I learned from all the top experts into something that's easily accessible and digestible for the horse owner to, you know, incorporate into their own routine. And a couple of years later, here we are.
0: And it's it's a, you, you should take a look at it. And, you know, this is an area that, you know, that we haven't focused a lot on. I mean, we focus on the health side, uh, but, you know, we haven't focused on the grooming side and the, the everyday maintenance side a lot. So I'm, I'm happy that you're right. coming on because that's a gap that we've had for the eight, nine years we've been doing the show. So what is the show? What's going to happen on your episode every month, which is going to be the fourth Thursday of the month?
3: Yeah, the first episodes were, I think we're coming at you next week. Yeah, that's right. Is it that soon already?
0: It is. <laughs> um,
3: what I plan to, yeah, I know, it's a little terrifying to me, but I think I got it figured out. So obviously I get a lot of questions from a lot of people and there's a trend to what the questions are. Usually they're very seasonal. So I hope to really start to attack and get in depth with, with you know, the seasonal topics, like we're coming into shedding season, like how as a professional groom do I deal with a shedding horse? what determines how I should deal with a shedding horse depending on where I live things like that but I also want to bring in to the fold maybe some aspects of a seasonal grooming topic that you didn't really think about like can I feed my horse differently to help him shed can I um you know use a different product to help him shed can you I
2: need to
0: know the (laughs) Yes, you have to listen
3: yes you can and I guess you have to listen next Thursday, then. <laughs> all right. You know, um, and we get a lot of so questions w-
0: about clipping and things like that, too. I mean, we get a lot of questions, especially in the auditor room, about all of those topics.
3: Yeah, and so my theory has always been grooming is not about how making your horse show ring ready. As an, as an Olympic groom, your job is to keep the horse alive and sound and healthy and happy and comfortable and his tax fits. And he's going to be the chiropractor and (laughs) yes. And then what you end up with after you've done all of that work is a horse that is gorgeous and ready to go down center line, Hmm. like a shiny horse. That's the byproduct of true grooming and true healthcare and true preventative maintenance. You know, the shiny stuff, that's just, that's just like what you get in the end.
0: That's the result of all that hard work. Do
3: all of this stuff. It's the result. Yeah. And it's not just what's in my grooming box and what products do I use? It's like, how involved am I with the farrier and the vet? How involved are the farrier and the vet? You know, because if we're not three on the same page, that horse is not going to be sound or happy or comfortable. So it's taking these typical grooming questions and saying, that's great. Let's look at it at the holistic level, the entire horse. From the inside out and the outside in.
0: And I think, you know, professional... So that's
3: kind of how I want to approach things.
0: Professional grooms are underrated uh, many times. And, you know, this is one of the reasons I went after Max Cochran to host the eventing show years ago is because I knew Max... Max for- is the best. Yeah, she probably knows more about the yeah. industry than anybody. Uh, and now look at her. She's becoming the president oh, of the association. So I guess she does. <laughs> so... um You know, so that's why I'm so excited to have you on. You have knowledge that that riders don't have, you know, that professional riders don't have. And certainly more knowledge than most of us have. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, I would say that, you know, that's why the riders pay us the big bucks, but in fact that's sadly not the case usually. (laughs) Exactly. Um But it's you know, it's one of these things where I have I have this kind of like really curious, like spongy type mind where I'm constantly asking questions about everything. Like I actually googled, how can you prove that no two snowflakes in the world are alike? Because I'm watching the snow come down and I'm like, Oh, I heard about it. You know, no two snowflakes can be the same. I want to know how they know that. (laughs) So when, you know, when you have this like weird nerdy, um, you know, questioning type personality and you own a horse, Like that was just a perfect setup for me to be like, how can I get all of this information to the masses? Like I want to put all of this down and help other horse owners try to understand and see the big picture. And that's kind of, where i came
0: from we're just going to provide you Um, a new platform to do that to get the word out and we're very excited about it very
3: excited we're gonna
0: i know we're gonna uh, record the first one ahead so i'm excited to get that done but it'll be it'll be next uh, thursday the fourth thursday of every month Uh, horse hubbies is moving uh their location or their day so we'll let you know about that but horse hubbies is not going away it still will be around it's very popular so it's not going anywhere so thank you leave and we'll look forward to seeing you next week you guys it's going to be fun. Pro all
3: right. all the com. Questions you want to send me? <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so we'll we'll definitely put a post in the auditor room. You'll get a million questions. We'll have uh, we'll have plenty of that. I'll add you in there, and we'll we'll get some questions for you. That won't be a problem. So thanks, Leaf. Appreciate it. All right, it.
3: the first six episodes taken care of. There
0: you go. <laughs> Take care.
3: Thanks, guys.
0: I love that with the resources we have and all the, she's been a guest on the shows, you know, years ago. And I love with all the resources we have and all the contacts we've made that we have the opportunity to keep bringing new things mm-hmm. uh, to our audience because I think that's important too. And um, I'm excited. And one of those new things is going to happen right now. So last night, or actually over the weekend, I was at uh, WISA, which is a trade show mostly western and i met somebody who knew and i cannot remember who it was who knew monty really well and stayed at the house out there and loved monty and i said well one of my host is one of his very few what's your official title
2: i am a certified monty roberts instructor and trainer
0: i called you a master certified monty roberts i i, I like it, it. So, i gave so, you a what? raise i guess or a promotion
2: You know what I love is that when Debbie Laux, Monty's daughter, always says it, basically she's like, basically Jamie's got a master's degree in horse training. That'll be the only master's
0: degree you ever got, so that's perfect. Hell yeah!
2: I got a master's without finishing college.
0: Yeah. That's great. Um, but
2: no, this is a lot, a lot of, a lot of studying and learning and training. I mean, my gosh, but it's like fun college.
0: Yeah, right. It's fun college. It's, it's every horse girl's dream college right there. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, you know, I got thinking after I talked to him, I was like, we're wasting Jamie. We got our humor, but we don't have our actual knowledge on the show very much about these kinds of things. And so we're going to start a Jamie's trainer tip of the week. And I'm wasting
2: away, Glenn. I know. you're.
0: <laughs> well, I don't want you to forget what you've learned either. And they say <sighs> when you, and you're also going on the road. Do you want to talk a little bit about that this year?
2: Well, I've had a lot of requests to do clinics uh, so far. Florida, uh, yes, and uh, New England area, yes, and uh, somebody even mentioned Alaska. I will totally go to Alaska. (laughs) Lisa would love to have you visit. Amazing, (laughs) I would love to do that. Uh, And the clinics can be, you know, anything from. And I'm I'm going to hold clinics here at my farm in Oklahoma when it's not mud and I get all my infrastructure. But what I kind of want to, I do clinics where you join up and long lining. I can also teach the intro course that Monty does and, and test you through the intro course in case you're not close to California and you want to get this certification. Um, but I also am going to start and I'm going to talk to them about help helping me with this, but I want to start an off the track thoroughbred like training, restarting your off the track thoroughbred clinic too. So the I have ideas for all sorts of fun stuff that if anybody wants to learn it, I'm here to teach you. So we yeah we decided to do this uh, training tip of the week, uh, and um, the problem is, I'm I'm very empathetic, and that's kind of. Which is great, which is why I learned these nonviolent training methods, but I'm, I'm empathetic because I I really want to help everybody. And I got like 150 questions on the auditor's page and Glenn won't let me help you all. He won't let me talk about you two for like an hour and a half. So
0: one a week. But now you're good, as, well, as Leaf said, you're good for the next 12 weeks. You're fine. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah, sort of. However, I'm just going to like run down something real quick. Okay. okay, Patty and Tanya, you guys need to learn the technique of approach and retreat. Holly, join up. And she says I'm her favorite. She's obviously got good taste. Learn, join up. Patty, two eyes on a mini mule. Two eyes. If you look at your horse with two eyes, you're a predator. A predators, uh, looking a horse in the eye is a way that you tell them to go away. So don't do that. And geld that sh- now. Like, everything will get better if you geld it. Uh, Bridget, mounting block lesson. All of you, go to montyrobertsuniversity.com and you can find all these. So, Patty and Tanya, you can learn about Approach and Retreat. We gentle wild horses on that, on the university. Uh, Bridget, there's a mounting block lesson. You also go to Thor's Facebook page and scroll way back. I He did not... You, wouldn't stand still for mounting anyway. But all of this is on um, moneyrobertsuniversity.com dot com, and uh, I'll talk with each of you. Any of you that I didn't get to, please just send me a message. I'll help you. All right. So I got a similar question from three people: Nana, Rhonda, and Jacqueline. And they they kind of range. Let me let me see if I can read. I think uh, Jacqueline's is the one that I can. I'll read here screen savers. All right, Jacqueline says, this may be too generic and long-winded question, which I'm generic and long-winded too, so it works perfect. Uh, I'm curious your take take on teaching horse to leg yield, more importantly, yielding in general. My young horse likes to push into pressure sometimes instead of move away from it. We work in the round pen on a rope, et cetera. But now with your expert training, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay. So basically, have you ever, and Glenn, you can answer this. That is a common question. It's a great, it's an awesome question because everything we do with a horse is teaching them to move off pressure. You pull that lead rope and they come forward, they're slack and they come off the the pressure. And this also
0: applies to driving for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Move off pressure. Um, You put the, your legs around the horse to get them to go. When they go, you, do you stop, you know, So so everything that you do with a horse is teaching them to move off pressure. Now, Glenn, if you are in the cross ties or your, your horse is tied up, and you go to push them, uh, like, to give yourself a little more space between you and the wall, and you, you push into them. Have you ever noticed that they, like, lean back into you? Oh, yeah,
0: Scooter likes to just run me over. Uh, yes, he does lean in. Yes.
2: They lean into you. Okay, well, it's not his fault. Okay. Don't be mad at your horse for having that. That is a genetically in their DNA to do that. Okay, I'll give you, Dr. Siemens has an $8 word. I get one too. Uh, It's called thigmotaxis or thigmotropism. It's the response of something to a stimuli. People don't have
4: to spell that. Yeah, do will
0: put that in the show notes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thigmotropism <laughs> or thigmotaxis. It's, it's the response to a stimulus, a creature's, a, a, a being's response to a stimulus. And what horses do, the response to the stimulus, horses are into pressure animals. Now, what that means is you put pressure on them, they go into it. Why do they do that? Well, let me tell you why. Horses, horses have been around for, you know, 50 million years. But in, in some form or another through evolution, uh, but, but they've been around 50 million years and they've really only been, you know, domesticated for probably 5,000 of that 50 million. That's not even like if you were to do a, like a, a graph, that's not even like a fingernail clipping, uh, you know, in the time that horses have been around, you can't even see that in a 50 million thing, you know? So at any rate, Horses genetically have genetic DNA. How do they know to eat the grass? How do they know to do these things? How do they know my horse isn't wild? How does it, why does it behave like this? Because 50 million years of DNA in their genes. Okay. So when horses were, were wild or horses that are wild and they're running in the plains and, and, and a wolf would come and, and, the the wolf comes along the bottom and it always would grab. What part of the horse would a wolf grab Glenn to attack it?
0: Well, they go for the neck, don't they?
2: No, the, uh, the, they would go for the belly.
0: Well, so they, yeah, they,
2: or... they come up behind them and they try to grab the belly. The neck is more like a Like that's a, yeah. So the, the, the wolf would grab the belly and try to nip it. And hmm. when the wolf grabs the belly, if the horse goes away from that pressure it's eviscerated mm-hmm. done if the horse goes into that pressure and it feels the wolf on its side there and it goes into that pressure it can trample it and get away but it is instant death if they if they get bit in the belly and they move away from that yeah. they go into it so that. it is yeah it is genetically in their DNA to go into pressure so that's why they do that. Um, how do we fix that? How, because you everything you do is teaching horses to come off pressure you, a trailer loading you gotta, they need to know how to lead to trailer load because trailer loading is a leading they don't they don't lead where they don't go where you tell them to go. So how do we teach the horse to move off pressure? And uh, her, Jacqueline's question was more about leg yielding. Well, just using your legs in general, you take a horse off the racetrack and you put, you know, they've had riders on their back. Great, those riders stirrups have been about five inches long, so the horses don't understand what leg pressure means. They don't. Even horses have been ridden a lot, like racehorses. So you put your legs down around them and you squeeze to get them to go forward. They, they're like, what? I don't speak that language. That's another language that they don't speak and. All horses don't know that when you start them either. So to teach a horse to like Nana and, and Rhonda had horses that just won't move forward. What I suggest on horses like that, because I've had a lot of them that, you know, what happens is people get on there and they put their legs on them and they squeeze them and they kick them and the horse doesn't go forward. And so they start whipping them and they whip them harder and harder and harder and harder. And what horses do? What we know go into pressure. When you put a whip on them, they go into it. So you hit them behind, and they back up. You throw hit them in the shoulder; they go into it. That's why racehorses, when people they start whipping the horses, that causes the most accidents because the horse feels the whip and goes that direction because they're into pressure. Digmo, Sorry, I know that's like it's just a fun word for me to say because I don't know that many big it, words. So yeah, I mean. I'm <laughs> So anyway, so when you are, uh, even like Rhonda has a a fairly accomplished dressage horse. Well, he's, a lot of times they've had such a buildup. They kind of need to go back to the, the building blocks that create the horse to move forward in the first place, which is learning what the leg means again. Sometimes they just get confused. It gets muddled in there or we use it all the time so much. So stand your horse in the arena. Then the middle and a lot, by the way, obviously make sure that your horse is healthy and fit and sound and wants to move around um, and is comfortable. All all those things always come first. Is your horse healthy? I'm going on the assumption that all these horses are healthy. They all get turnout. They're not super bored um, because horses that only get ridden in the arena, they, they just can sometimes mentally shut down, you know, make sure they have varying lifestyles. Anyway, stand them in the middle of the arena and put your dang legs on the horse. And just squeeze. And don't squeeze with what increasing pressure. Squeeze with what you want. And that's basically, in essence, asking the horse a question. What's two plus two? Boom. And keep your legs there until you get the response you want, which is, uh, take my back up. They don't do, they do this, all this stuff. And then they go forward, release and praise. Yes, that's exactly the right. And don't pat them on the neck. Rub them on the neck. That's how horses talk to each other they don't smack each other they rub each other right so rub the horse tell him he's good put your leg on again they don't know what to do they finally go forward take your leg off that's like as super so basic you, what as what you it mean is steady
0: pressure not don't kick him steady pressure. Yeah,
2: don't kick him just put your leg on just squeeze with your legs and and until they go forward and then praise now to Jacqueline uh, was asking about leg yielding And that is actually even, I think, easier. (laughs) You put the horse's nose in the corner. Take away forward motion because we're not asking the horse. I like to think of horses have like basically three quadrants, which is like in front of their shoulder up to their nose. That's controlled by basically your eyes and your reins. And then you've got their shoulders, which is controlled by your leg on the girth. And then right behind your leg, all the way back to their tail is controlled by you just moving your leg back a little bit. That's that button. You're going to program that button, put your horse's nose in the corner and put your leg on, on the, like, say, put your right leg, move it back a little bit, put it behind the girth and hold it there until your horse moves away and take your leg off. Put your leg on. They move away. Take your leg off, move your leg back. Timing is important. You guys, you got to have that release. That's how they learn three seconds. You have three seconds to praise or, you know, you have three seconds to make everything link together in their brain.
0: And that's how I get in trouble for that with Jennifer. She says, you're not doing it fast enough.
2: Yes. Yeah. Picnic, positive instant, negative instant, positive instant consequences, negative instant consequence. The positive consequence is you put your leg on and they move away. <sighs> they get a release. That's a positive consequence. Now, if your horse is ignoring you like, they are just not feeling it. I will bump them a little bit just to get a little bit more of a, uh, to be a little more annoying. I do not cause pain with that because the point is to not get your horse to do things out of fear or out of pain. I remember a long time ago, somebody told me that the reason horses are trainable is they have a low threshold to pain. Well, that's not the way I want to train my animal and my prey animal to think I'm a predator and to fear me like a predator. I want to be a partner with this. I'm going to teach these. You have to teach them how to do this. Put your leg on, they move away, take your leg off. Put both your legs on, they move forward, take your leg off. Pull them forward with the halter, leave the pressure there, they come forward, release the pressure. Um, but that's a really good one to do. And then over you can... and
0: over and over. How, how long, how often, I don't know what my right question is. So I'm doing the session. Okay, I'm in the middle of the arena, yes. I'm doing this. How many... T- how many repetitions do I need to do?
2: So take them to the fence. Get it to where they're, they're doing it. You put your leg on and they move away. Quit. You know, even if you want to practice it later on in your ride, just walk away. The horse needs a release. So the release is that they're not standing up against the wall being drilled. So, so I come back to it later going- and he,
0: he resists a little bit or doesn't do it right away. Then I, I redo the lesson Train later again. on. Uh, or right
2: then like make it happen right make it happen so
0: I do that right then but then maybe once more before the end and I see does it right away then I praise and I'm good
2: Yeah, yeah then you're good and you know what I've had horses that are very accomplished my my like kind of higher level event horses are sometimes you're like what is your deal how did you forget how to do a half pass like why are you forgetting how to move off my leg take him back to the fence and redo it. And then they're like, Oh yeah, don't just get your, your whip to work harder and harder. You know, like put, just take them back to square one. Sometimes you need a reminder. My kid kind of can read, but at times like, I'm like, how do you not know the word in I in, how do you not know that? You have to like, go back to the basics. and like." teach them things. So yeah, I say you're, you you have not accomplished your horse Rhonda, and sometimes they're not willingly moving off your leg. Just go start over. Just re redo the basics. Uh, think of a uh, climbing a ladder. You don't go, go out and start climbing the ladder at the very top you know, or the middle, you start at the bottom and you one step at a time. So always try to think of ways to break down the training. Like, how can I, how can I make this easier for you to understand? Horses do not want to do the wrong thing. They do not want to get in trouble. They do not want negative consequences. So there's a, there's a reason the horses are behaving the way they are. Um, I think it was uh, who there was a, a, somebody had a question about a horse that won't move at all. And, uh, it's a horse that was recently gelded and it's not moving at all. Like won't even trot for horses like that, thinking that your horse is happy and healthy and has all, there's nothing wrong with the horse for reminders as opposed to a whip, Look up the giddy-up rope on Monty's University. It's a soft rope, and it creates uh, some, some movement. I would definitely suggest that, being that everything is happy and healthy. Um, so anyway, that is why horses need to tr- be trained to move off of pressure. And it, it'll save their life and yours if you teach your horse to do it now. And it's so, the same. That...
0: We use the same thing. I haven't given a report on this in a long time. Remember, Nigel was having so much trouble loading. And I, I do think mm-hmm. that loading the trailer, I do think that the new trailer helped with that, by the way, like, he didn't feel as claustrophobic, it was bigger. But yeah. also we use Monty's method, but it took I, what I was going to say is some horses going to take a lot longer than others. It, you know, this is going to happen very quickly with some horses, anything you talk about, right? Anything we talk about in training, it's going to happen quicker with some than others. And it took Nigel a long time using Monty's method to consistently do it. He knew it. But we would hey, he'd have to be reminded, like you said, we'd have to go back to basics uh, a lot. By the way, now we're, what, six months down the line? He loads. Jennifer can load him by herself. He stands there. She comes around and does the butt bar all by himself.
2: That's great. But and, it and took and a while. There's... It
0: wasn't instant with this horse.
2: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Groot and Rocket, like of the two of them, I, Rocket just... I mean, he just will like, he'll rear up and flip over backwards before he'll get in that trailer. Uh, and I've showed some videos of him going in and out now he's figuring it out, but there's a difference between a horse that doesn't know anything like a Groot who just doesn't know anything. And then you got a rocket who's a remedial horse, which means he's had really bad experiences. When I went to, when I bought him, I went to pick him up and they immediately got the whips out of the back of the truck. Like, hold on here. Wait for me. I'm coming. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't make your horse do something out of fear or pain. It will not learn anything. So that's not related to the getting your horse to move forward. But if you guys have any follow-up questions, please email me on Facebook or jamie at horseradionetwork.com. I'd be happy to help you. And Jemmy's building me a website. So I'm going to be super fancy here in a minute. That's right. Wait a minute. That was a
0: perfect lead <laughs> into what I was going to do next. Thank you for that.
2: Oh. Oh, no, now I'm scared. What (laughs) are
4: you doing?
0: (laughs) So, Jen, you know, one of the things we've gotten requests for over the years here at Horse Radio Network is, can you build us a website, especially from riders? Do you know somebody that will? (laughs) All of that stuff. And also, you know, social media and and that kind of thing. Well, Jemmy can do that stuff. So let's talk a little bit about what you can do for listeners if they have a need.
4: Well, uh, I have my company Flintstone Media and it does podcast production um, and it also builds websites so I can build websites for
2: people. Better? Yes, I, I I asked Glenn. I said, Glenn, I need a website. Can you build me one? He's like, No. no. <laughs> I mean, I can. He's like, I can't. But I will. i can. Not, We're going not gonna.
0: To. <laughs> I know what a pain in the ass client she'd be. So <laughs> no, but Jemmy So is,
4: far, she's been lovely.
0: Jemmy is good at it. We had to do something. You know, uh, most websites have to convert now to uh, secure sites. So you see HTTPS. Mm-hmm. Well, we hadn't done that with ours because I tried and failed miserably and crashed our site. You
4: crashed the I, entire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never had a more panicked Glenn call. (laughs) Everything was broke.
0: Nothing was working. Uh, (laughs) So, But I said to Jemmy, you do it. it. And in four hours, she had all of our websites converted over. So, you know, if you need a website built, she she understands, uh, you know, she's understanding more and more what horse people need now, which helps. A
4: little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't even have to be a
0: horse website. It can be anything, right?
4: Yeah, I just, I just built the, web- it doesn't, yeah, you're right. No, I, I, most of my websites have not had anything to do with horses, but like I just built a website for, uh, Shauna Karish, who does the on-target
2: training, the e- Equine cleaning. And if 101. people
0: want to see your work, they can go to that. It's a really nice site. What's the, what's the web yeah, address I want to go that? look
2: at that because I, I'm having trouble. She's like, go to some websites and see what you like. I'm like, I don't know. I just wanted to have a picture of me and like, Here's my number, and she's chasing me down because I'm terrible at self promotion. So, Jemmy, thank you for working hard to make me. Well, uh, to speaking get this of job. which, that's what I do.
0: You also do marketing for people too, right?
4: A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm really trying to not do that as much. Okay. <laughs> it's mostly the websites you and with the podcasting. Like Jamie,
0: who won't give you the stuff. Yeah, What's that? Because you have to deal with people like Jamie who won't give you the stuff.
4: Oh God, it's a constant <laughs> chasing after people. No, thank you. So yeah. So you can go, you can actually check out all the samples um, for websites and stuff at uh flintstonemedia.com and you can see all the everything there, on my clients' samples, testimonials,
2: etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. What's um Shauna's website?
4: It's on dot with dashes. So on dash target training.com.
2: Okay, cool. And did you guys also know I learned something? And Glenn, actually, I I credit you, years ago, mentioning this on the show. So flyoverfarm.com is taken by somebody who's just got a picture up of their freaking kids or something. Mm -hmm. And that's the name of my farm. And then jamiejennings.com is available, but it's, which one of you jerkholes bought it? It's $2,288. Oh,
0: wow. You're you're (laughs) expensive, Jamie. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Who bought that? I will... Somebody listening bought that. And they're messing with you me. You can go oh, back no. to your old name,
0: jamiesteel.com. Uh, I know, right, Jamie? That's Steel. probably taken by some porn star. That does sound like a porn star <laughs> name. It
2: really does. Yeah. I was on a sports talk radio. Glenn, gotta make it um, sexy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Uh, any, I forgot I've lost my train of thought now
4: <laughs> So
2: what name <laughs> did you, you come up with? Take it. Take it. This yeah. is what I was going to give you credit. Did you know that there's dot there's dot com, there's dot org. Jimmy said I can't have a dot org. Um, <laughs> don't think it's appropriate, sorry. <laughs> dot .com dot .org dot .net There's also dot .horse. Yeah,
0: there's a dot .horse. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: What is I, that could meaning? Not,
4: I had no idea. I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you
0: could have Jamie.Horse. You could have Flyover FlyoverFarm.Horse. You could have uh, almost everything's available. But stop so.
4: saying all the names if she wants because <laughs> someone else is going to squat on them. No, they're a little more yes, expensive, so out. they're not
0: uh, $2, <laughs> so you're going to have to spend a little more for them, so I doubt people well, are going to be doing that.
2: I, I, you mentioned that, in Chad was like, nobody's going to remember dot .Horse, and I'm like... Correction, everyone's no, gonna forget it. Forget Do you
0: it. know the CHA has CHA.horse, that's their website. You know, uh you could put training.horse or you know, you could come up with anything you wanted to, really. So and then okay
2: can we have retired racehorse project.horse
0: uh not project.horse. Um, we retired racehorse radio dot horse. That might be too connected. I, I already have .com, we're good there. <laughs> Uh, it was available. a bit much. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little much.
4: Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we've talked a lot about me, and we also are also are basking in the glow of your greatness, Jamie. Miss Miss, I have a master's in horse training, but um, Glenn doesn't know I'm do you doing have a this. I on the
0: want, wall, by the way, do you have <laughs> a, a big minute. certificate like uh, the colleges issue with the, you know certified
2: <laughs> and, with a huge frame Yeah, exactly. Huge frame. Can, can I tell you, Teresa, uh, real quick? Yeah, uh, Jamie, and then I'll let you talk about Glenn. Mm-hmm. So I got. A picture taken with Monty, and it's Monty and I uh, standing next to each other on on the hill above his house, you know. And uh, I came home after my certification, and uh, I came home and Chad's like, "I got you a present," and I open it up, and it is that picture of Monty and I on canvas, and it's really nice, except for it's like four feet tall.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Like,
2: like, honey. Where do you think I'm going to put a picture of me? A life-size photo of me? That's not,
0: that's, that, that is, is
2: it, so it, pretentious. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's like, I honestly didn't know it was going to be that big. <laughs> like, it's huge. It's almost life-size of me. Oh, like, my God. I got to say, though, I probably would have
0: done that, too, and made that mistake. Because...
2: <laughs> it's over my fireplace. Wow, that's a very large picture of you. <laughs> hey.
4: Now,
2: are you, do you have like a
4: stole draped over you? Is Chad smoking a cigar? Yeah, do you guys that's, like. That's right. have,
2: it's like... me and Monty just standing there, like, just oh, Monty, taking a picture so and, like, he's like, ah, uh, maybe you could put it in the tack room, and I was like, no, <laughs> you can't put this anywhere, but I love you, and thank you for this awful gift, but, yeah, it's a huge I picture of me. I think it should me. be like, right
0: inside the front doors. People walk in, that's what they see, right there on the wall.
2: <laughs> I would put it in a bathroom, but it won't fit in any of my bathroom. will fit above the toilet, it's so too big. big. <laughs> huge. I will oh take a picture of it. It's, like, crazy...
0: Ridiculous you know, we movie. want to see a picture of that. We really do. But you have to stand next to it. You have to, it. Stand you next have to, to, to it. We have to see you how, how life-size it. it is.
4: <laughs>
2: Ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. What were you going to say about Glenn? Well, yeah, so... uh so you, you are a
4: master of horse training. But well, did you know that uh, we also have the, the privilege and the honor? Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, yes, no. I'm yes, no.
2: working no. With, one, <laughs>
4: with one of the most successful podcasters on planet Earth. Did you know that, Jamie? I'm sorry. Do what? What? <laughs> So I get this email dropped in my inbox (laughs) that says meet one of the most successful podcasters on planet Earth. And wouldn't you know, I open it up and they were talking about Glenn. Can you believe it? what (laughs) it's from so ed ryan he hosts the uh radio ink magazine he has the podcaster's business journal and i guess glenn you're on his show the other day (laughs) an episode came out and that was the headline of the e-blast
0: yeah (laughs) okay it's one of the podcasting magazines and he wanted to do an interview and (laughs) i did not know i wrote back to him and said that was the most embarrassing headline I've ever seen. Where did you...
2: Where did you... So, time out. So, in his show, so you were on the air, did at any point you reference yourself as no. the best on the planet? No,
0: you know me, <laughs> I don't usually do that. So, he and, and I wrote back to him this morning. I said, What, who are you talking about with that? And it's like the subject line of his email blast. And it's. Oh. And uh, I know I opened it up to see who he was talking about uh, uh, this morning. Cause I get okay. the email every day. He does this magazine. I did this email every day and I opened up. to See, he was talking about it was me. I was like,
2: what are you doing? <laughs> are you currently wearing, so are you currently talking to us wearing a monocle with a top hat on? <laughs> I
0: should, be, I should get, dig my crown out from the old. <laughs> God, Smoking oh God. God, no pressure there. He said, well, you don't realize how much we all respect you. I was like, Okay, but the title might have been a little over the top. My- You're like, nobody's
2: <laughs> going to respect me now. Yeah, I'm I this know. bloated buffoon I know.
0: who thinks he's the best of the planet. And you know he did it to get people to open it. Well, it worked. I opened it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was you, that is really. You know what you should do, Glenn? You should get a big four-foot picture of yourself and hang it in your house. I should. Oh, God, Yes, I should.
0: Yes, I should. And I need oh. to have the that banner. What's a what's the headline again, Jemmy? Gem, do you have it there? I need to have that right over the most top. six
4: one of the one of the most successful podcasters on planet Earth. Or 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 <laughs> where you have behind you, Glenn, where you have that whole like montage thing of, of oh, the listening to pictures. Yeah. Replace that replace that with a sign with arrows that point in your general direction. <laughs> in case
2: huh? you were wondering, that's me.
0: So every time I do a video conference, it'll be pointing to my hand
2: <laughs> oh my god Jamie! i i i'm gonna give you ten dollars just for bringing that to our. To our Jamie, you promised You're you weren't so gonna welcome. bring that up
0: today by the way you promised me you were not gonna bring that up
2: did you i'm like blushing over show, here like
4: it came out this morning i was like what am i seeing right now <laughs>
2: Glenn, <laughs> I didn't know. I could have spent the extra $40 on the My Little Pony Monopoly. You. I didn't know you were that fancy.
0: Oh, there you go. So all of you little people from now on need to refer to me as,
4: what was it again? Oh, one? Okay, now I'm kind of regretting this. One of the most successful podcasters on planet Earth.
2: I mean, not the world Oh, I know. Planet, not the United planet, States, Earth, not Florida. Earth. I would have been happy with one of
0: the most successful podcasters in Ocala. That would have been perfect.
2: As opposed to the successful planet podcasters Earth. coming from where Thor lives. Okay?
0: <laughs> planet Earth. That's a little over the top, don't you think?
2: Yeah, No. So are you, Glenn. It's like
0: false so are news. Out. What do they call it? Fake news? It's fake news.
2: <laughs> he is also the most successful in Narnia. Yeah. And... <laughs> I wish But Jamie
4: Jamie now we can ask for raises because apparently he's one of the most successful. Yeah, well what I was just gonna <laughs> say
0: is I wish that translated to dollars. Uh and but You know, Jennifer pointed out, as I showed her this, and my face was bright red this morning. Um, so uh, she said, well, you know, people judge success in different ways. I said, yeah, apparently monetarily is not the way I get success judged on me. So
2: listen, all I know is I want a dang raise. Oh.
0: I think you should be satisfied knowing that you are co-host with the most successful podcaster on one planet of, Earth. Oh, don't one get, of, get big-headed. Oh,
4: one
2: of
0: one of <laughs> most successful podcasters on planet Earth. You should be happy. He is
2: not the most successful on Asgard. It's not <laughs> one of. That's not planet That'd Earth. That'd
4: be taking it too far.
2: That'd be ridiculous. Okay. As Guardians, don't even know your name. I know. I mean, I know.
0: Thor hasn't visited once.
2: (laughs) On his Rainbow Bridge, Wakanda doesn't know you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe he is. Wakanda is on planet Earth. Yeah, that is true. That's true. That is on planet Earth. You're right. It's true. Oh, okay, end oh, this Lord. show. My yeah, God, well, yeah, it's a heck of a crappy list Wednesday. We're going
0: to forget that now because, you know, I don't have time to deal with you little people. I have to go off and practice mm-hmm. being one of the most successful podcasters on planet Earth.
4: <laughs> I just pictured you twirling with, like, a glitter cape. Very I just, happy just <laughs> saying I'm one of the most successful
0: I just got a. Ellen just sent me a note. Ellen does a podcast too, and she's one of our longtime listeners and biggest supporters. And she said, she, she said LOL, I, I got the same email and listened to the podcast. Cheers. She didn't say whether it when there was any good, though. <laughs> so,
4: <there's... laughs> Awesome. She skipped right over whether yeah, or not it was. Accurate. She didn't like
0: it. I'm sure she would have said something. I
4: <laughs> <That's laughs> so just funny.
0: wrote. She just wrote. Beware, Planet Earth. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, I am going to get. You Earth. know how much crap. I'm, we're going to a podcasting conference with a thousand podcasters in two months. Do you know how much crap I'm going to get because of that headline,
2: <laughs> Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy, I'll add another $10 to my bill and send me that.
4: You betcha. (laughs) Okay. You betcha. (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right. End the show. Play the music. I can't take it anymore. Spend it or All
0: right, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow is, uh, is this Wednesday? Tomorrow's Fox Hunting Day. Well, so the respect. Fox Hunters <laughs> are going to be here tomorrow. And then we need some ads, for really bad ads. Get them in. Uh, Jamie and I are going to be out swimming with, what are we swimming with? Manatees this weekend? Manatees. Oh, they're
2: the best animal on the planet. So school. we're we're going to do
0: that. And then uh, Megan's going to be filling in for me on Friday. But we need some really bad ads because uh, Megan's really funny. And uh, send some ones. We need lots of Southern. She lives in where? Alabama now. So Arkansas or Alabama? Which state? Is Alabama. Alabama. So she's probably got her Southern accent down. She's been practicing. She's going to have some celebrity news for you. So good shows the rest of the week. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Planet Earth, people.
2: God, please tell me that right now. <laughs> I'm
4: sending it to you now.
2: <laughs> Fake <Wakanda> news.
4: forever! <laughs>
0: Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha,